Hello and welcome to Carl's Interviews in podcast form. This is an audio extraction of the live interviews that I've conducted with some absolutely fantastic guests from all walks of life with a common theme of being truly inspiring and I cannot wait for you to hear their story. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another of Carl's interviews. Today I'm joined by actress and singer Suzanne Shaw. Whilst chatting offline, we established that this was her first Insta Live, so I'm absolutely delighted with how it went. I've since completed a number of challenges with Susie, but today we enjoyed talking through her entrance into performing arts, her mental health journey, and her newfound love of running. Susie, you're into performing arts at quite a young age, so where did it all start and then how did it go on to what we know you as today? Oh, when you're, when you're a performer, I started at the age of three years old dancing. Um, I was on stage by the age of five, doing my first show, and then professionally in the business from nine years old. Um, and kind of growing up through a performing arts school, yes. they always said, go for everything, audition for absolutely everything, especially if you want to be the triple threat. Um, so you go for anything singing, anything dancing, anything acting. Um, and at the time, um, it, my ambition was acting. That's exactly okay. what, that. That was the road I really wanted to go down: acting um, and, and musical theatre. And I had an acting agent, and I was up for um, Coronation Street at the time. Yeah, I was auditioning for um, Maria um, Samuel yeah. plays the part. Yeah, um, so I was auditioning for that at the time: a Robson Green drama and Godspell musical to go on tour. And this um, advertisement came up in the paper. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll audition for this. He said something like, do you want to be a pop star? And I was like, oh, I'll give it a go. You know, I'll, I'll go for <laughs> yeah, this audition. <laughs> but more so because my friend begged me to go with her because she really wanted to audition for it. Okay. Now, the reason she begged me is because I had a car and she didn't. So I could, I could be the yeah, taxi. Yeah, the reason. <laughs> um, now, I had a car because my granddad, God bless him, left me his car in his will. And he passed away only, only months before. Um, but what I didn't realize at the time is that I, with getting the car in the will, I had to drive my nan everywhere. So before going to <laughs> auditions, so before going to, to the hearsay auditions, I had to drop my nan off at Berry Market, uh, <laughs> then go for the audition. And uh, that's best glamorous, isn't it? Just putting that background behind. <laughs> yeah, drop her off at Berry Market. She's going to do a shopping. I'll go for the audition. I'll collect her later. Um, so yeah, so I um, I went along to this audition with my friend. Uh, stood in this enormous queue, and I thought, God, there's so many people auditioning for this. Um, then we we got sat down in uh, Granada Studios up in Manchester in this big room, um, and Nigel Lithgow, who was mm -hmm. one of the judges at the time, talks about this pop band is going to move into a house, get a million-pound record deal. It's going to be amazing. And I just sat thinking, God, they're five lucky people. That's going to be yeah. an awesome adventure. Um, and then kind of went for the audition, um, and I didn't realise I got called back. So they asked me to come back, but then 
I didn't have a mobile back in back in the day. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, how am I going to get a hold of my nan? She's at Berry Market. <laughs> <laughs> I need to let her know I've got through. I've got to yeah. go, go for this next round. Um, my friend had got through as well. Um, anyway, I managed to get a hold of uh, of my uncle, who then picked my nan up from Berry Market, did, did the rounds for me. Um, and then I just kept getting through after round after round. And then my friend eventually got cut from um, the audition. Um, and I just kept getting further and further. But in the meantime, I was getting further and further for the part of Maria yeah. and the Godspell and for this Robson Green drama. I thought, oh, what will I do? I'm, I'm not sure what I want to do. You know, acting is my ultimate ambition. Yeah. So, but then, yeah, it'd be really cool to be a pop star as well, you know. Anyway, needless to say, I didn't get the others. Um, and I got into pop stars, uh, got into hearsay. So... Yeah, that's how it all kind of came about, really. It, it must have been such a surreal experience because now, obviously, all these sort of things in terms of the reality TV, the, the auditions, that, that, they're common. But back then, it was almost unheard of. It was such a new thing. Yeah. And you fended off, I think I read, 4,000 other hopefuls to get to that last 10 and then to be picked as well. Yeah. It was... Um, no, nobody knew what, what the concept was. It... it I don't even think, had Big Brother come out, I think the first series of Big Brother had come out, but not nothing of this size yeah. or scale on a singing level. Um, and so nobody knew whether it would even be a hit as a show. And it wasn't um, a voting process. It was more like a documentary about a band being put together. Um, okay. because the public didn't vote for who they would wanted, uh, wanted in the band. So, um, so we'd filmed the entire series uh, before we even uh, even got aired. So we had no idea if anybody would even watch the TV show, let alone, you know, then have the success of, of having a pop band off the back of it. So if nobody watched it, if it failed in viewing figures, um, then there wouldn't have been a pop band. Um, but what we didn't know is that it got massive viewing figures and obviously became the next singing reality show. And that's where we get X Factor from now. Yeah. So yeah, it was um, you know a really huge, huge deal. But it wasn't a case of like back then. I think people know what the system is now. So when you audition yeah. for it, you kind of uh, you're copying what you have seen before. Whereas when yeah. we did it, we had no idea what we should be saying. You know, what were they looking for? You know, how uh, viewers would like us or dislike us. So it was all very brand new. And. So you win, you're part of the band, and I didn't realise until I started looking into it just how successful they were, because obviously, like, I suspect a number of people on here and friends that contacted me, they knew of Hearsay and the songs, but you know, 550,000 um, sold, you know, 1.3 million in the first week, one or two of the album. I mean, there are a number of world records you broke as well. Um, at what stage did you stop driving Nana Annie in Grandad's car then? <laughs> Well, she's still at Berry Market now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it was for a while that we'd, we'd filmed the the audition process. And then, um, yeah, it, it was probably about three or four months. And then uh, I got asked to uh, move to London to the big smoke and, yes. and live in a house with four other people. So I left the Ford Orion with my nan. Uh, I, think my, <laughs> I think it then got passed on to my uncle Stephen. <laughs> right, but a lucky car. It, it, yeah, it, 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 I love that. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was a little white Ford Orion. It was, it was brilliant. <laughs> I love that car. 
And then when we got into hearsay, we got given free cars. So um, I got a brand new Peugeot. Very nice. Yeah, so that was all right. The bonuses of uh, yes. it's amazing. Of you know, you get into the public park, you get your first job, you sit, your first time on a paycheck, and then I'm given all this free stuff. It's brilliant. Oh, how it was in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, and this is where it's always interesting that, because um, people are definitely under the misapprehension about from a more celebrity lifestyle, pop star lifestyle, everything's all easy, but it, it certainly wasn't. And I think you'll be the first to admit you definitely experienced some, some challenges, didn't you? And whilst mm-hmm. the life of the band was relatively short-lived, um, yeah. are you happy to talk through a little bit about how it was for you after yeah. you broke up and what you went yeah, through? Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, I think, again, because it was the very first of its kind, nobody kind of knew what to expect. So as much as the format, the format was brand new, I think it, it kind of was like the, the, the platform that ITV put us on kind of allowed the press to use us like they knew us rather than it almost was like we we weren't protected at all um and you know that that really wasn't down to anyone's fault everything was brand new nobody knew how it was going to be but i do feel like now they do know how that works you know there should be a little bit more protocol and care for the likes of these reality tv shows whether it be love island or x factor or big brother um because they do know what the press are like and what happens yeah. and and what and what it brings as well um you know on that platform and because you bear your soul and you are showing every element of your life your private life your personal life all on tv because they want to know that the audience want to know about you um it almost kind of gives people and um the press the um the right almost to to say what they like about you um and i feel like it was that was the social media of its time yeah put itself out there and and there were there were forums and websites and we got trolled a lot you know there's some nasty stuff and i was only 18 at the time and if that had been on this kind of platform where i got to see it constantly on my phone i'm not sure how i would have got through it and how no, survived it. um but yeah it, it, it's not easy and i think you know it's these these tv shows you know they they really do need to come with some kind of thought process and care now to them and i know i know they do actually i know there's a lot more psychology um you know you you have to sit down with a psychologist and go through lots of tests before you're allowed on these shows when you know we audition for pop stars they let every nut job through they let me yeah um but yeah it's, it's an interesting one really there's, obviously, it's something that I guarantee people still have an aspiration or a dream of, either via the the reality, you know, the reality shows or other means. So, what advice would you give people to try and prepare them for that and what to expect, especially from a mental health perspective? Now, I'm talking the impact it has on you. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, I think being yourself uh, every single point of the way um, is the most important thing. Um, for your own sanity. I think if you try to go in there to be a character um, and it backfires, then it's, you know, it's, it's, you're only going to be kicking yourself for it. Or if you, or if you go in there being something that you're not and it, and it doesn't backfire and you manage to get to the next stage and people absolutely adore you, you've got to then keep that up. Yes. I think being yourself at all times is really, really important. 
Um, and I think surround yourself with some real solid people. You know, you get, you've got to have your right, the right crew around you um, to help you through the process um, is the most important thing. I mean, I'm really lucky to have some amazingly solid friends, school friends who are still my f friends from this very day um, and family who, you know, all northern all really grounded <laughs> you know, and treat me exactly the same as they always have so yeah i think it's it's your little crew that you have around you that's really important and so obviously you were talking about your, your triple threat piece and you did the pop stars bet and then actually you kind of succeeded as well again in the other areas didn't you because yeah. you managed to get on emmerdale you managed to and presumably the absolute height of your entire career so far today has been runner-up in celebrity worst driver i take that to a, a given <laughs> oh, no. do you know what there's some things i really need to take off wikipedia <laughs> at the end of this and that is one of them yeah there's a few there's a few jobs on uh, um, uh, well, that I've taken off my CV along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the great thing about the entertainment industry and the great thing that I've experienced is the variety. Um, I've been in a pop band. I've been in a soap. Um, I've done these crazy reality shows like Britain's Worst Celebrity Driver. You know, that was a f I absolutely loved every second of that show. I got to tour the country. We went from... John O'Groats drove down all the way to Land's End. Land's End yes. <laughs> and I drove, I drove the entire country in a black taxi with my brother. And it was a real bonding moment with me and my brother being able oh. to have three weeks on the road, you know, laughing, staying in hotels, then going and doing all these challenges. And, um, and it was just a really good giggle. We had such a great time. Um, and you know, as much as it was a, it's a bit of a naff show, but it was brilliant. I had so much fun. It's probably one of the best gigs I've ever done. Um, and then you know, doing dancing on ice as well. You know, learning how to ice skate. You know, I could never, ne never have thought going to dance class at the age of three, um, and doing all the the theatre that I did, would I ever come out thinking that I could ice skate? And you know, now I can go down to a local ice ice rink at Christmas and and show off a bit. You know, it's great. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been really lucky. I have worked hard for it, but I've been really lucky to have the variety and, you know, go from West End musical theatre to, yes. so, to a, a pop band and, um, and, and done a bit of presenting in between as well. Do you, cause obviously you won the dancing and I so clearly there's some talent there. Do you ever, I'd be so tempted to do exactly what you say, to actually go there and just do something to show off and a ta-da, but... <laughs> are you still embarrassing to the kids when you do that or do they admire the fact that there's talent in what you've done? <laughs> I'm, just, in the day, I'm just always embarrassing to the kids. <laughs> I, in my head, I've built up over the years that I'm a really cool mum and I don't understand why my sons don't see this. I'm, yes. I'm like, I want to shake them going, but you've got to realise I am super cool and I'm, apparently I'm not and I really thought I was, but no, not cool at all. <laughs> it's interesting my eldest is a few months older than um your eldest so she's she was she's 16 next week actually oh, and, uh, right, they keep reminding me that if you have to say you're cool or tell us you're cool then you're clearly not cool as well and there's various tests uh, i did I, I was never aware of clearly right that's it because you know when i'm like dancing and stuff i just feel like i've 
I've still got it, but I clearly haven't because they look at me like, <laughs> and, and the whole like, I'm saying to Corey, I don't think you should wear that. I think the kids are getting down with this. And it's like, no, they're not. You have no idea. <laughs> Like, oh, no, okay then. But yeah, I think maybe, I think your daughter might be right. You know, if you have to say you're cool, then you're clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> and what I found really interesting is obviously seeing your journey and then more recently seeing what the journey you've had on social media as well. And I suppose we've got to cover your video that you did. And it's only a few weeks ago, May 19th, wasn't it? And, yes. and I refer to that because not, not only did that get a huge amount of interest on social media, the media puts it up. Uh, I mean, even um, Miley, one of your former um, band colleagues, comment, didn't she? But yeah. for me, the important that as well, you could see how almost you were at a turning point and saying, this is the life I'm leaving behind with struggles with drink, with depression, other bits, and I'm going to try and positively go forward. Yeah. What was it that actually made you, I suppose, find the courage to even sit down and do that in the first place? Um, I think last year, right, I, I've been leading up over the years, um, hitting a big brick wall, uh, and I knew it was coming. I, I kind of knocked, I ch half-heartedly changed my lifestyle just after, uh, just before um, I was pregnant with um, Rafi, my youngest. Mm -hmm. And then after I had Rafi, I thought, right, that's it. I'm getting into a routine. I'm going to slow down with the touring. I'm not going to go on the road as much with shows. I'm going to take a little bit of a back seat when it comes to performing my job and, you know, take it a little bit more slowly and get into a fitness and health routine. And then, you know, I'd go on to another job. I'd go and do maybe a mini tour or I'd go on to do panto. And with my industry, it is very much after a show, you go out and celebrate. You try and bring your adrenaline down so you yeah. can go sleep to get up to then go on the next day to do either two shows or travel to the next venue so um yeah it kind of very much came with the lifestyle that I knew um and then yeah I just I got into a little bit of a rut of drinking too much and yes. when I would drink I would wake up depressed I was always a fun drunk I was never like get angry or cry yeah. I was really enjoyed myself when I drank. <laughs> um, I was just standing on the tables and making a bit more of a fool of myself than I should be. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, I was just the self-loathing the day after. It yeah. was, you know, the the not wanting to push myself to do anything, and I was so fed up of thinking of all these wonderful things that I wanted to do. Like I wanted to do a three-peak challenge. I want to climb Kilimanjaro. I want to. I want to be able to go out and have a do a run and take up running properly. And they were all in my head, and I was never doing anything about it because my bad habits were letting me down all the time. And last year, I was surrounded by some people that I thought were just very negative and not good for me. Um, yeah. And probably I wasn't good for them as well, equally, just really kind of bad combination of people together. And I just thought enough's enough now. I don't want to be within this lifestyle. I want I want to be around people who have great morals. I want to, you know, be um, having the healthier lifestyle. Um, and only I can do that. No, it's nobody else to blame. I was very, I got really good at going, well, it's their fault because they invited me to a party. Or it's, you know, all my family, they want to eat rubbish. They don't want to eat good yeah. stuff. You know, you point the finger constantly. Yeah. And it's nobody else's fault apart from yourself. 
So I think for me, it was 2020 was that year of going, right, I'm going to change a few things. I went on the road um, late 2019 with a show called Hormonal Housewives, which was a brilliant show. I had so much fun on that. Three girls on the road. Um, and I, I got to the point where I, wasn't, I, I didn't drink much when I worked. It was when um, I didn't work. I was, I was drinking more. Yeah. Um, so when I was on the road, I was like having a bit of a health kick and one of the girls was vegan on the road and I okay. toyed with the idea, but never thought I would be a lifelong vegan and turn, like completely, um, you know, be living on a plant-based diet. But I tried it for a few weeks and I felt amazing. And I thought, right, this is it. Um, I've got, I had work over Christmas. I thought 2020, that's it. You know, I'm going to keep to this plant-based diet now. I'm going to, I'm going to do one year, no beer. A friend of mine had done it. She said it was absolutely amazing. She was feeling great. So I looked at their podcast. I was following them on Instagram, got some of their yep. tools and looked at what they did online. And I thought, that's what I'm going to do. One year, no bit. I'm not going to say I'm going to knock it on the head forever. I'm going to do the challenge of trying not to drink for a year. And that's where it started. And I'm halfway through it. And next week, I'm six months of, of, of wow, no drinking. And I feel amazing. And because of feeling so good with what I was putting into my body and what I wasn't putting into my body anymore, um, I started taking up running. And I just felt myself being able to go the distance. I'd, the very first run was 5K. And I, I'd done maybe 2K before on a pre-run workout, but I'd never really got into it before. And I did the first run and I thought, I don't, I don't know how I've done that. I felt really lifted and thought, oh my God, I feel so amazing from doing this run. Um, and then I did another 5K and then um, I was asked to do a 10K, really struggled with the 10K. I was having one of those, which I didn't know existed at the time, not a very good running day. Yeah. <laughs> and I, even when I set off, I knew thought I ain't feeling this today yeah. <laughs> um, and I got like I didn't even get to 5k and I was like can we just stop time out um but I got I think Susie's just paused and buffering again um hoping she'll back with us in a second uh, thank you. Those that put in questions on here as well as fantastic um, comments and social. Uh, you just pause briefly there. Yeah, I know. I've just seen as well uh, somebody called Mag say alcohol ruins so much. It does, really does. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I started the running, um, and it was almost to start with. It was something to do because what I didn't realise is my hobby. Kate became my career and yeah. and then my hobby turned into going to the pub when I wasn't doing my hobby which was my career so then when I looked yeah. at one day going I don't have a hobby what's my hobby and I was like oh my god my hobby is going to the pub this is really <laughs> like not good um and I thought I need is that actually hobby. officially a hobby does that count well I don't think it does count but it was right. my hobby <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, because I didn't have any other hobbies. Yeah. So, um, so before I took running up, I took this was a few years ago. I took up rock climbing, and I really enjoyed that. And yeah. every Thursday, um, it meant that I wouldn't have a drink. I wouldn't come home after a day of work and go, "Oh, do you know what? I'll, I'll have a bottle," because I had something to do. 
so yeah so that the running has helped me um again give me something to do so you don't think about it and now i don't even think about not drinking um which is super and it's yeah knowing what to do and seeing the difference and you can even see the sparkle when you start talking like that and it, it, it's really good to see and um yeah. you found meditation as well haven't you which you hadn't considered previously yeah yeah um, i've found all these new things this year it's amazing like, it's like i've just been born <laughs> i've just <laughs> come into the world and discovered that there's this thing called running and a runner's high and it's amazing and meditation meditation uh it's i started meditation before i started running um it saved me so much with anxiety. Yeah. Um, when I feel days are going to be really overwhelming, I I could go for a good hour and a half of going, no, I need to go back to the meditation. I'll do 20 minutes. Then I'll think I'm done. No, I'm not. I'll stay in it. I'll go back to it. I'll go back to it. Um, yeah, it's really, really helped me. Um, it's really helped me. There's been some crazy anxiety attacks that I've had. Uh, last year, it was just constant. It's like from the minute January hit all the way through to kind of like December, it was one big anxiety attack. Um, so meditation really has been the winner um, for me. Um, and it's also something that I do before a run. Before Every day, every day I start my day with meditating. I make sure that I, that one bad habit, and I think, so many my partner does it so many people do it it's the minute they wake up they get on the phone yeah and it's so bad for you and you know the times that i've done that and it's an hour later i'm like what i'm doing i've just wasted mindless time on the phone and i'm getting irritated and angry because of comments or posts or you know <laughs> See, comparing myself to somebody, why yeah. is, you know, oh my God, why do I not look amazing like them? Or, you know, it's, it's just mindless time. It's wasting time. Um, so now I set my time for social media um, and certainly do not do it in the morning. My first priority is to do 10 minutes meditation, minimum 10 minutes meditation um, every morning. And it really sets me in a good space. Um, because the mind chatter, I don't know about you, if you get this, but the mind chatter, some days it's just too much. Sometimes I'll be in the chair and I'm like, shut up. Stop. <laughs> in my head. Um, did you find it hard to get into meditation then with obviously yeah. so much going on in your brain to actually switch off and do it? Yeah, really, really tough. And some days I still find it tough. Okay. Um, it doesn't it doesn't always come easy. Um, some days I have like come out of it feeling so euphoric and amazing. I'm like, yeah. wow, I wish every day was like that. It's like running for me anyway. It's definitely, it gets easier the more you train, but some days you're just not feeling it. And, you know, it's, it's either like, do I force myself to keep going for it or do I accept that today is just going to be a tougher day? Um, and that's how I like maybe enjoy both of them hand in hand. And, and yoga is something, a recent thing that actually my partner's got me into. Um, so what I'm trying to do is start my day with a bit of meditation, do my run, followed by yoga, whether that be in the evening before I go to bed. Um, and those are the three things for me that seem to be really helping my mental health and, and fixing me. Um, yeah, I, I just I feel like I've found 
like I said, this like new life that apparently had been going on for so long, but I was yeah. invited to the party. I had no idea. I didn't get the memo that running was so good. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, I saw that um, you've done the indoor relay as well. So did Mike reach out to you? How, how did you find out about doing it, doing a leg tour? So I met Mike and Susie Chan yep. um, and Anna Harding and a few other greats of the running world um at a children with cancer uk's um charity event yeah um i did my first official um event running event yeah um and so yeah i met them all there and followed each other on instagram and yeah then mike reached out uh, to me to do the in- indoor le- uh, relay um uh, what a brilliant idea so I much fun yes yeah and that's, you know, through doing that, you got in touch and that's how we started chatting. Yes, completely. Yeah. And I also managed to, I met Fiona Oates through that as well, who's going to be on in a week's time. And she's just, every time I talk to her, I just think, you're just so humble. You look at everything you've done in life. And then she's just go, yes, right, I'll have a chat next week if you fancy. So you keep an eye out for that one as well, because I think you'll enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I watched her documentary the other day. Yeah. So inspiring. Again, she's just like, oh, yeah, just run them. You know, I don't really know much about it. I just put my shoes on and then I go. I'm like, that's ace. That's so good. I love it when you hear stories like that. But it's slightly otherworldly, isn't it? I mean, I've seen recently you've done that 10K a day every day, and I really love the fact that you said it on day one and said, right, I'm going to make sure I stick to it, and you did. And you could see, you know, it wasn't always easy, but you stuck to it, and the sense yeah. of pride you faced at the end of it. Yeah. You then, in comparison, oh, I just went to the North Pole and broke the world record in the North Pole, you think? I'm never going to be like that ever. <laughs> I know. I know. I love it as well how Fiona Oaks, when she was like, oh, at, at the end of every race, you go, where for them? They go, you won. Oh, all right then. Okay, thanks. And then it's, <laughs> it's just like, you know, you won. I would have been going, yeah, yeah. You know, really making a big thing of it. Um, yeah, I mean, look at me. I've made a massive thing about doing 10K every day. And it's like, you know, um, but yeah, that's, that is a good thing, uh, and it's it's almost the part run mentality, isn't it? It's it's not about whether you run part run in quarter of an hour or an hour. It's getting out and doing it, and you've it, started yeah. on this journey, and you can see you progressing through, and it's absolutely fantastic. And I, I know because I've read the comments, I've spoken to others about it. That is more inspiring than someone that's really fit and regularly runs, saying, oh, "I'm just going to go out for a five or a ten miler," and that's what yeah. does make the difference. Yeah. I think as well, it's, you know, what has been really nice about um, kind of inviting people into me doing this, starting on my running journey, is the handful of people that I've inspired. Yeah, it's not been thousands of people, but just to have the comments um, of people going, you know, you've you've got me getting my running shoes on today. I'm going to run too. And that's what it's all about. Um, Yes. And people like wanting to feel motivated. The video that I did, the mental health video, I didn't realise how many people that would um, reach out to, and and the comments that I got, and the people who said, you know, you've you've really resonated with me. I want to make some changes myself, and um, and that's what I kind of really, I'm just loving at the moment is kind of doing the the stuff that I need to do for myself, but whilst talking about it in the hope that others will want to do it too no definitely yeah and um you recommended for me a little while ago the the power of now yes um describe you as an absolute game changer i'm now halfway through it 
And it's um, it's certainly interesting because it's not like, sort of like a conventional book. It's more of that question and answer sense. And it certainly makes you look harder at yourself and assess what your price are, what's going on around you. For those that aren't aware of it, you can say a little bit about what got you into it. I mean, Natalie, who my last person I interviewed actually um, said about it. But can you say a little bit about it? What got you into yeah. it? What you learned from it? Um, I just want to say um, a quick hello to Not Another Runner because I've just started following you um obsessed with your page so yes <laughs> she will be the life yeah. did you see the interview we, we did last week the other day no i didn't i didn't have a watch of it it's on my page she's natalie oh, yes. absolutely super and she says about the journey she's gone through um because she's definitely has some mental health battles herself i'm not going to steal her yeah. thunder have a look at it and you'll see what it's about she's great yeah i will do i will do definitely um yeah the power of now uh, big awakening actually a, a game changer it's actually it's highly recommended by oprah so definitely worth uh, a read. But it's just about staying present, really. Mm -hmm. Getting the mind chatter out because you can't do anything about the future because it's not happened. So worrying about bills, worrying about your job, worrying about your health, none of it has happened. So you're wasting your time. Worrying about the past, it's happened. You can't change it. So it's about being present as much as you can and being within the moment um, and enjoying your surroundings. And I think, you know, maybe, you know, yourself being a runner and, and doing the running, is it, it, it almost helps with that, doesn't it? It, it helps with that staying present. Um, and that, for me, Eckhart Tolle is just, it was a game changer for me. It really got me, helped me kind of almost be meditating all day long. Okay. Uh, and I constantly go back for a little bit of a refresh every yeah. now and again when I feel like I'm losing that strength I'll go back and listen to a few more paragraphs or pick the book up and read a few more um, and I really feel like that it keeps me you know grounded and, and, and in the moment because we spend so much time wasting about you know what what happened in the past and how you know you would have done things differently and where would I be today if I hadn't have done that or if I would have said yes or if I should have said no you know you waste your time because it's happened um and like I say worrying about the future pointless absolutely pointless <laughs> so that yeah so you enjoyed it yes no yeah. I'm it's um because I quite like as well, just said, anything that does make you think a little bit harder, educate a bit more. Because, I mean, there's a time and place for a book that's kind of a bit of escapism, but sometimes it's really good as well to learn and evolve. And that's the beauty yeah. of where you've got podcasts that can help you do that and different things you can do in life. But I'm trying to fit it in around family and reality as well, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. I know that's what I love uh, more than anything. I used to be such a huge fiction reader. Um, James Patterson was one of my favourite yeah. uh, writers. And I'd go away on holiday and just, you know, throw myself into reading a book. And as much as it was brilliant, we've got Netflix for all of those guys. Series. <laughs> I, want, I want to now learn stuff a little bit, yeah. you know. So for me, it is about educating myself um, every day now. It's about education, learning more about nutrition, about mental health. I did um, done a couple of open university courses during the lockdown. Which have been brilliant, you know, they've uh, been like four or five hours long, nothing too yeah. heavy, but all about mental health, nutrition, psychology, um, and I'm just really finding like a new love for a very different area in life, um, and then yeah, just learning about running, whilst running, um, 
and meditation and yoga and and yeah this new plant-based lifestyle and i suppose it must be easier to stick to because you're enjoying it it's not like well i'm not going to drink and you're miserable all your friends are going out actually you've seen yeah. you're feeling the changes you're feeling better for it so that must make it you want to continue and keep growing with it you run as highs and everything as well yeah, I do. I do want to stick with all of it. Um, and I think I think I've only just really started talking about it and shouting about it quite loud now, purely because I was a bit nervous that I would say that I was doing it and then didn't stick to it and would go back to my old ways. And I've always been very nervous about announcing new changes to my life because of that. But I feel so so much better that there is just no way I ever want to go back to yeah. um, eating the way I used to eat and drinking the way um, I did. And, and, and likewise with the fitness as well. Um, I just, I just love running. And I said, I couldn't believe I said it out loud halfway through doing the 10 K every day, like my bones, my whole body, cause my body's not used to doing it. I was so exhausted. And I just said, I can't wait to run tomorrow. <laughs> my body's going what are you doing but i'm going yeah, i want to do this um so i've now got to find my next challenge so is it funny you should say that actually oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. why what have you got in mind <laughs> you're obviously aware that i'm doing my, my runs for breast cancer trying to do the 20 marathons by the end of 2020 Yes. My plan is I want to do the 20th marathon in London. And what I'm after is some people running the marathon with me and some of the breast cancer team are going to run the last mile or two with me as well. So oh, would you be interested in running in London with me in December? I would be very, very much interested in doing it. Fantastic. My only problem at the moment is, though, I am doing panto. Okay. Um, in Chesterfield, so December's a very tricky month. Um, but one thing I want to do is run a marathon before the end of the year. This could work then. So, I mean, if, if I can't do the December one, can I run a marathon with, are you, is there one that I can do? I've got 12 between um, now and the end of December, so I, I'm not lacking for them. So whichever one you fancy. And with <laughs> the other runs being cancelled, Berlin's being cancelled now. Um, oh, has Oscar's it? looking dubious. Um, London's, so any number of these, I'll be running an alternative marathon distance elsewhere. So we can always do a run anywhere, really. Right. Oh, OK. I'm very much up for that because I need to do a marathon before the end of the year. Definitely. Has London been cancelled? No, no. Um, they're, it's, they're discussing what they're going to do at the moment. And a, a few people have been talking what they think may happen. And I think the consensus is they'll do the elite runners, maybe some of the runners that are doing it for their 40th celebration, um, uh, and runners like me who literally are not competing for anything, they might say, maybe next year, sunshine. But we'll uh, wait and see. I've got yeah, no chance, then have I? You know, little old me is <laughs> going, I can do 10K. Can <laughs> I come and play? <laughs> um, no, I've, I'm, I'm really, yeah, so I will do definitely, I will do one with you. Uh, and it's real because you've said in front of people now, so it's, it's definitely got to happen. Well, I, this is one thing that I've started to do. When I say put it on record, I have to do it. So... I'm putting it on record. I will run a marathon with you before the end of the year. Fantastic. I've got one last question, and it may be a very short one in terms of obviously of you with the power of now and um, you can't change what's happened, but I'd just be interested. You've gone on such a journey, and obviously you've had some real lows and now building some highs. If you could turn around to your 18-year-old self at that audition with everything that lies ahead, what would you say to her? <laughs> Well, I certainly wouldn't have predicted that I would have had a kid with Darren Day. 
That's right. sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what would I say to her? I would say don't take life too seriously and don't get concerned about what people think about you. Um, I think that's one of been my biggest downfalls in life, really, is being so concerned about what others think. Mm -hmm. And I, do you know what? It's it's about just living your life, not worrying too much. Don't concern yourself too much. Just enjoy it. That's that's what I would say to myself. Fantastic advice. And obviously, don't forget Nan. Your don't, your old self. don't forget Nan at the market. Oh, do not. <laughs> I know, don't leave Nan at the market. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Nan. <laughs> Susie, it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a joy. If, for those of you who don't follow Susie at the moment, you need to because what you get is that honest account of everything she's doing, as she said. Um, as she does actually, she responds to people and shares the story in her, the good and the bad. So if you're not following her, go and follow Susie. And of course, when we agree a date for the marathon, we will let you know. Boom, yes. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Great Enjoy stuff. the rest of your evening, and I'll speak to you Thank soon. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Lots of love. Bye. And that concludes another interview for the day. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening. And as ever, if you have any feedback, send it through to me at my Instagram handle at fighting underscore the underscore dadbod. Enjoy the rest of your day.